everyone, and welcome to episode 128 of the High Sensitivity Podcast, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host this evening. Hi, my name is Craig. We're unfortunately down one Craig tonight, so you guys won't get the double Craig action, but I'll try to do my best representing Craigs around the world. I guess I'm kind of relieved that there's not another Barry on the podcast. Uh, mm. God knows I can only like in I can only what's the word bear or like I'm unbearable. So one Barry, Barry <laughs> yeah, I'm unbearable, and it's it, I'm unbearable. So if there were two Barrys, it would just be the end of the podcast. They would just you're basically making fun of your own name. You're basically yes. making fun of your own. Yes, <laughs> the but unbearable. I have to... Yeah, I have to do it. You know, somebody has to make the jokes. You have to make up for Craig and I make up for your jokes. That's what we're going to do. There you go. I love it. And just like that, we're going to get into the news because the news is always on this podcast, whether Craig or or whether the Craigs or I are not here. So news this week, I guess first up I'll go into is the CD Projekt Red sort of area is The Witcher Season 3 has been announced. Uh, we knew they yes. were working on it, but it's going to be announced and shown. Summer 2023. Uh, do you watch the Witcher series? Like, what do you think of it? Do you like it? So I was one of those ones. Uh, you know how we consume a lot of media at the same time. I watched, I would say, 75% into the first season. And I really liked what they were doing with it. But I forget what made me stop. Um, I feel like maybe I was watching it around the time that I was moving maybe into my current apartment that you see behind me right now. So I, I think that's what stopped, but yeah, it, I like, I like what they're doing, but I haven't gotten to the second season yet. So can't be, I think excited. you'll like the second season more. I think the problem with the first season is that the, uh, the episodes went in chronological order. They were skipping around a lot. So it was a little bit mm -hmm. hard to follow. You really don't have that issue with season two. I like season two and I think season three is just going to build on top of it. All of the actors yeah. and actresses are all fantastic in that, uh, yeah. in the Witcher it, 3 uh, or in the, or in the Witcher just in general. Yeah. Isn't it a uh, Henry Cavell as, uh, yeah, that's what I, 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 you can't remember, you can't forget that chiseled jaw of his, the old Superman jaw of his could cut diamonds you know, if he wanted it to, it could, it could. Next up on my end is Cyberpunk 2077 makes a very surprise comeback. Over a million players have revisited the game since it's wow since it kind of died. And I think two reasons for that. We're going to talk about one of them uh, later okay. in the show. But I guess the first reason is going to be its updates. They've really finally come mm -hmm. up and said, like, first off, like, hey, here are all the updates for the game. They're trying to make it playable. And to be fair, good on them for still. Yeah trying to support the game they really could have just stopped stopped just in general uh, updating mm -hmm. it and just let that thing crash and burn uh, but they didn't so they're trying to come back with it but the other part of it i think has a lot to do with the netflix special that came out cyberpunk 2077 edge runners uh, i was going to talk about that later in the show and i still will uh have you watched that show at all i haven't i saw it and i added it to my stuff i uh, um, I hope by you saying that we're going to talk about it later in the show means you have because oh, yes. I'm excited. I, yeah, I binged it all. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm excited to watch it and I would love to, I can't wait to hear your take. I'm not going to, obviously we're way early in the show for that, but <laughs> I, uh, I definitely was enticed when I saw that it is making a comeback, man. Um, question for you. Yeah. Who do you, who do you think did the, 
we're sorry, here are an awesome amount of updates better. Cyberpunk or No Man's Sky? See, I get that is a little bit hard for me to answer. I do think No Man's Sky has done a better job uh, of that because, like, they're still, and it's kind of hard to compare the two because No Man's Sky has been out for much longer. So they just continuously yes. put out updates. And they've also, they've kind of made themselves relevant again without the need of, you know, a, a Netflix show to make it, yeah. uh, t to make it more known and more out there especially and like with that like cyberpunk 2077 it was kind of shown off as a triple a game made by cd project red people were hyping it up while playstation was like really hyping up no man's sky it was from an indie developer people kind of knew mm -hmm. like if you didn't know that you you kind of know now that it was a small uh, a small development team that made no man's sky it was more yeah. along the lines of that Sony had put so money or so much money into the advertising for No Man's Sky that it was kind of set up to fail, I think, from the beginning, where there was yeah. so much hype and so much promise that I think at some point Sony just went, yeah, you got to release it. You know, P people are kind of waiting for it. People are excited for it kind of thing. So I think No Man's Sky has done a much better uh, has done a, has done a better job because it didn't need a, a Netflix show. It kind of done it off of its own right and coming out and doing all of these kind of public. I'm going to call them like public appearance updates sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, they um, it's it's almost like the husband who forgot the anniversary and comes back with more than just flowers, you know, with both of them. And it is nice. Um, the contrast between the two and the the size and scale of the production teams is a very good point to bring up because of that. Um, because I mean, there was everybody and their mother was working on cyberpunk. Oh, well, it, it seemed that way. Um, even though they were being, uh, thrown insane timetables, which we're not going to get into again. We've talked about that enough on this show, but you know, they are, they, they do have different release dates. You know, no man's sky has been out for what it seems like an eternity now. Yeah. No kidding. But, uh, but it is nice that I, I threw that question out there to just kind of bring some light to somebody who is trying to make a product that, that as close to what their ambition was as possible, which is nice that both of them are living up to that. Um, Cyberpunk, you said, what, a million people have revisited the game? Yeah, uh, oh, recently over That's this insane. weekend it hit. Yeah, recently it did a million people have come back and revisited good on it i'm kind of excited to revisit it and i'll explain why later in the show as well but all right good good on cyberpunk 2077 and like for cd product red in general i don't want the fail and i i this is probably is what's going to happen but i don't want the failure of the witcher 3 to stop them from making content like rockstar games has its two big things it's red dead redemption and uh, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft I really, Auto. yeah, I do really think that CD Projekt Red can have two different series, and mm -hmm. kind of build on top of that. I, I think they have the potential to be like Rockstar Games, and pull off these huge, you know, uh, role playing like games, and that's what I yeah. want them to do. I, uh, I hope that the now, like thinking retrospectively, like hopefully they've learned the mistakes from Cyberpunk, and now going into their next new IP or new project, whether it's an update with cyberpunk, like cyberpunk 2077 two 
or whether yeah. it's something completely different just to just to be prepared and have expectations and don't you and you know don't do the horrible game practices that they were doing beforehand is my is my big hope for them yeah. because i really do like their games uh don't get me wrong i love red dead redemption 2 and gta but there's always been something for me like the witcher it's always been about like the classical like medieval magic times that i love and I yeah. really like the whole dystopian future, like the, the setting for Cyberpunk 2077, I think was always really fantastic. And it yeah, and it looked good when it ran well. Yes. But that's the problem. It didn't run well and it didn't really deliver on many of the things that it, it promised it would do. So that's why, like, I if they I want them to make another cyberpunk and learn from their mistakes. I think that only sets the bar for people to be more surprised by its second iteration when and if they decide to make another one. Yeah, what about a Witcher 4? The Witcher 4, like, I, I am excited for. Uh, I only really got into the Witcher series with 3 because I feel like, for me, that one was the most accessible. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong, like, I've played a decent amount of 2, never finished it. I tried to play 1, it's just too old for me, I'm sorry. Uh, but that kind of goes into saying that, you know, with the Witcher... It is like they're based off of books in a way. And I just hope mm -hmm. that eventually, if they aren't already, I kind of need to see where they're going to go with their original story timeline and whether or not you need to kind of scrap Geralt and, Sir and uh, Siri for a different, a different, you know, protagonist like, yeah, in a way or something like that. Because that's what's always been refreshing about the GTA series is, yes, you kind of visit, you know, landscapes that, you know, Vice City san andreas um and other cities like that but it's always the it's always the characters that change and make the story and yeah if they can do that if they can do that with the witcher and with whatever iteration of next game they decide to do then that's where i think like these these two companies can absolutely like parallel and make and you yeah know, be splitting images of each other i i want a trashidi project red it's just that everything you heard after <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, you kind of don't want to anymore. No, you don't. But, uh, you know, learn from lessons. That's that's what you need to see. You need to see people learn. And hopefully yeah. they did. And that will eventually be seen. Yeah, what else did you have? So next up on my list is Video Game Donkey launches his own indie game publishing company called Big Mode. Oh, Not sure if you've heard love. of it. Have you heard Video Game Donkey? You know who he is? I Yes. Yeah, for, he's for hilarious. For people who don't know, he's a super hilarious YouTube with over 7 million subscribers. He makes really satire videos and also very serious videos about game. He's... I don't want to say... Because he's been doing this for so long. I don't want to say the term that he's woke on video games <laughs> but he's always yeah, been but... the type of person who praises indie games who comes in and really lets you know like okay halo is just another carbon copy of halo games and you know you could and i do find that like his videos are really intriguing especially with the indie projects that he's been he's passionate about his videos on hades his videos on uh celeste his videos on neon white like they're all very interesting because he's very passionate about giving these games and hyping them up because he truly does feel yep. that they're good and original to where you know now we see you know the last of us just got a remake you know we have there you kind of feel like there's no new iteration in gaming um but uh, because everything's either you know 
a sequel of another thing or it's kind of based yeah. off of another take take for example left for dead and back for blood like mm-hmm. yes regurgitated team but regurgitated in a way and indie games have always tried to make something uh they always try to think outside the box which is like always what makes them more memorable i believe and yeah. his platform has always been really good for that like a lot of these indie companies don't have the advertising dollars to really pump out and get their game out on YouTube advertisements or Twitch advertisements. But if some dude with 7 million subscribers and if 4 million people watch your indie game video and yeah, 25% buy it, like that's, that's good turnover. That's good. Like good buying rate, especially for yeah. those indie game companies that have small teams. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's essentially got the influence of a, of the Kim Kardashian in the gaming world. Yeah. In a sense. You know, he but he's funny so, while doing it. I have to give that to him. Absolutely. He's, he's he's funny and thought provoking at the same time, which a lot of gamers like because of the intelligence that the general gaming community has uh, just as gamers. You know, you play a lot of games uh, when we were younger. It was like talked against to play a lot of video games because you were rotting your brain. But in actuality, it did create a lot of problem solving skills and um, quests for the answers and things like that. So like. You know, it's a very intelligent community gamer. So he kind of falls in right in line because if there's another, if there's one more thing besides knowledge or truth that gamers crave, it's comedy, to be honest. Yeah. We're all just silly at heart. We're all nerds. And, mm-hmm. you know, so he has a specific delivery that is very memorable, which explains his success, like clearly. So, you know, but so that's just, he uh... has his own. He has his own thing, his own uh, studio. What's it called again? It's called it's a publishing company. So he's not so mm. much. It's not so much a studio as it is with helping indie games getting get, getting their games published and then okay. onto platforms. So it's a little bit different from a company, but it's called Big Mode. And he released a video on it. If you guys are interested, if you're interested in looking it up, yeah. some smaller things just so uh, I, I can kind of go over it. Uh, Ted Lasso being added to FIFA 23 odd but all right um there's there's kind of been a graphics done first movement on twitter as of late especially with the recent gta 6 leak everybody's like oh everybody knows that the graphics are the first thing done in video games and that is not true whatsoever is kind of what like game developers are coming out and saying uh we have a lot of them we have three uh not three four three of the developers of control uh game of the game of the year award-winning game came out showed off early access of their or early builds of their game where it's just you know kind of very rough images to what they're making uh other gaming companies such as i believe god of war did it as well with their early access of what their game looks like and it just goes to kind of show how naive uh gamers are about their own community like yes it's it's funny to me how, and I'm going to relate it to sports and really the only way I can, like college football and NFL football, like fans think they know what's going on behind the scenes. Oh, they just like work out and they do this and they do that and brand deals and blah, 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 where we kind of have no clue, you know, like we're never, sh- we're never shown the door of what an NFL player actually does. You can probably go on YouTube and kind of get a, a feel for what an NFL yeah. player does on a day-to-day basis, but there's nothing, nothing exists like that for a game developer. 
So it's always funny for me when people are going, oh, GTA six looks like crap. Everybody knows graphics thing. Graphics are the first things done. Like, no, that's not the case. Um, It it's ignorance is what is what I'll say. And it is just kind of. And I I'll, I'll preface this by saying I know not everybody's like this, like a lot of like casual gamers or just like gamers that just kind of respect the medium know that making a game is difficult writing a game is difficult like it's yeah it's kind of like making a movie but they're instead of actors you have actors still but you also have to create whatever this is with a bunch of computers and movies are getting more like that now but that i'm not getting sidetracked with that so it's just something along the lines of like why why not be curious instead of just like judging people and that's leaning into the ted lasso thing there is a great Mm -hmm. lesson in ted lasso if if people ever watch it it's called the dart scene you can look at it and it's just about being curious instead of judgmental and people were judging this game instead of being curious and asking like oh maybe you know what what is it that game companies work on instead of like being judgmental and going oh this game looks like crap because the graphics aren't done first. So, I don't know. Watch that Ted Lasso dart scene. You can watch it on YouTube. It'll open your mind up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's funny that you, you mentioned that because that's literally on the tail end of me saying how intelligent the gaming community is. But um, you're right, though. Like, it, the Twitter aspect of it just always reminds you because you just mentioned it, how, like, not everybody's like this. It just seems like the people who have the, 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 la- the crazy... T- the crazy typing fingers on Twitter are the ones yeah, who are exactly. like that. Cause it's cause everybody has an immediate voice now and that's just the internet. So that's what it is. But look, we, we, we play these games and we pay like 60, 70, $80 and it's an enjoyment. I don't, I think sometimes we actually do take advantage of that, of the blood, sweat and tears that are put into games. Absolutely. And even, even in a big budgeted studio, you know, like, I can imagine, and I might be naive for this, but I can imagine that the love for the craft is quite high for people who create video games, probably because those people who are in their 40s, 50s, you know, 30s, 20s, and maybe even 60s and 70s, at some point played a video game. It was part of their childhood or their early adulthood or even their adulthood like you and me, you know, so when it comes to the creation of it, we have to understand that for the most part, unless somebody is having like a, uh, I don't know, an outlandish situation, there's love being put into the game. Even if we don't dislike the game, even if it's cutting corners at certain times, you got like, there's a lot of times where there is love in the game, but like, we don't know how it's created. I can, but I can, I could have guessed before you telling it that they don't just make the graphics first. You know, that's like in a movie. Do you think they shoot the scenes first? No, they got to create the storyboard. Like, you know, they have to create like every single thing that's going on so that when it comes time for execution, AKA the graphics, it's executed correctly. You know, like you could even say like, even throwing away like the, 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 the creation of the game story and such like that, but you got to have the characters drawn. There has to be some type of sketch going on where we we can visualize what it is before they put it into motion so you know whatever like they can they can talk on twitter we don't know how games are made that's actually a good idea for a good netflix show 
like a good Netflix documentary or something like that. Let's get behind the scenes in one of these uh, these studios and see exactly how it's done. I'd watch that, you know? Yeah, I, and I think it's not so much as there needs to be a series on it, but professional sport, at, sport athletes gather a following. And if you make mm-hmm. something about a day in their lives, their followers are going to watch it. Where yeah. to many game or game developers, you would kind of have to do it as a almost as like a studio. And I think that's been done before. Like take for take example, Santa Monica. We know who Santa Monica is because they make God of War. We know who Corey yeah. Barlo, uh, Barlog is because he is he was he's been the director for God of War for a long time. But then all of the people underneath him, like all go through different day to day lives and have different aspects. You know, there are software developers, capture team, writers. People forget that, like, they write out these video games. There are lead creative designers and then creative designers and artists and everything like that. Like there is just as much going on for a video game for a video game to be made as there is, if not more like positions than a movie needs. Especially because mm-hmm. in a lot of movies, like if you really want to, you can strip it down bare bones and, you know, have a camera writer, director, couple cameramen and a couple actors. And you could have a movie, whether it's butch home, you know, homebrewed butch or not. Yeah. But yeah, it's I, I it's just different. And people it's it's always the people that, again, have the Twitter fingers that are just like being the loudest that I see. It's just kind of yeah, of course it just kind of just be respectful in a way. Um the last kind of serious one I have is a lot of Apex developers have been getting sexually harassed on Twitter oh, to the point where like the Apex communities come out and like said, hey, this isn't right. You guys got to stop it. You have people like Flo Rida, who is an esteemed uh, esteemed singer, ra- singer, songwriter, rapper, uh, rapper uh, also has come out and like said, hey, like this is ridiculous. You people got to stop this. Like that's the thing about like communities right now is they're the most kind of toxic in a way and yeah when apex is broken it's the toxic people who are the first ones to come out and tell you this game sucks but they'll what they'll do is they'll look at a developer find his twitter name and then just start bashing him as much as he can so it's twitter too sucks much, man twitter sucks no wonder pro athletes get rid of all this crap like uh, you know yeah. it's i i just like to read and consume um, and I rarely ever post anything other than the Dolphins win. Hey, we beat the Bills. No big, no big brag or anything. You did quite a game. But this is game. Uh, this is gaming and movie news. <laughs> yeah, but like here, but like here's the funny thing. Like, all right, we play video games. You and I do first person shooters. Craig um, does first person shooters and third person shooters. I mean, that's a big first person shooters are a big part of the gaming community competitively. But what happens, like all, like everybody else, I think that I am the most angry when I play video games when I'm playing your Call of Duties, your Apex. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, but like, but that's part of it. It's part of the striving to be the best. It's part of the learning from the mistakes. I would say the only other time I'm ever mad at video games is anytime I'm playing a Souls-like game or specifically yeah. Dark Souls or Bloodborne or something like that. But that's. It's striving to be the best. The difference between a standard-minded gamer and some of the people that you're talking about is how do you take that a step further? Like, how do you how do you destroy somebody's privacy and also say 
quite slanderous things about them via Twitter or via any social media account just because of some something that you feel about the game. You don't know these people. You don't know what their lives are like, their highs and lows in their lives and things like that. And also, if you have Flo Rida putting his opinion out there about something that's wrong like this you gotta know it's wrong like this is the guy that did the song get low like apple bottom jeans boots with the fur the you whole know club what I was mean? looking so, at her yeah the whole club was looking at her and he's talking about how hey guys maybe sexual harassment or like that that's not a good thing like you know so my point is is that number one it's just a game it, it, it really is. It's just a game and they are people. People matter, are always going to matter more than video games. It's something to help us through. It's something to entertain us. It's something to take us away from what we're feeling in our lives or going through in our lives. But it's a game and people are always going to matter more. People as human beings. So a couple of bad ap apples ruin an orchard is what I'm going to say. So like you yeah. got these gamers out here that are going uh, like that are not necessarily fully representing the entire community and how welcoming and accepting and non creepy <laughs> let me emphasize non creepy the vast majority of us are so it's 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 upsetting to hear that it really is yeah My but that on a lighter news if we want to get it just onto the last piece of news that i have is yeah. have have you seen trombone champ have you heard of this game or seen highlights of it I have not, no. You absolutely should. It's hilarious. Uh, so okay. what it is is Trombone Champ is making big waves on Twitter and everything like that because all it really is is a rhythm game with trombone instead of like a guitar or drums. It's just trombone, but it's just ah. funny. Like, it's not about failing. It's not. It, it really just, if you look on, I really can't explain it. Look on Twitter. Like the videos of this thing, like it is just fun to see someone playing Beethoven's, I don't know, seventh symphony really badly on trombone and there's no failing. It's just that it just sounds really bad and it's just really yeah. funny to listen to and watch. Uh, it's another I'll indie game and it's getting out. It's, it's becoming quite popular because it's just funny. It is just comedy. Not that it takes trombone playing seriously in any particular way but just because mm. the clips of it are hilarious i'll definitely have to get and take a look at that because uh finally the trombone gets the spotlight yeah know? i know <laughs> Finally, the one instrument that needed it yes but that's all uh, i have for news what about you craig so i have a couple of small things um i guess i could start here with this being small um just kind of like a just bringing it up again, Spider-Man Miles Morales is coming to Steam later this year. So piggybacking off the success of Spider-Man coming to PC um, from console, it's just nice to see that uh, there is that that extension making its yeah. way to PC as well. So that way, um, things like amazing ray tracing and just Spider-Man being the amazing Spider-Man, but Miles Morales is amazing spider-man um coming to steam uh i had i saw something else about a uh there was a 17 year old who was arrested in oxfordshire in connection to the gta 6 leaks yeah which um the reason why that caught my eye because you know usually there's always something that makes 
like articles catch your eye is that we were talking about on an earlier podcast about how they're going to go heavily after like like rockstar is not a fan of this league and there will be heck to pay and justice will 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 reign supreme so it was kind of interesting interesting seeing that a uh, 17 year old was who was actually in connection with hacking microsoft and nvidia earlier this year that he like broke his parole and, and was and was like doing more hacking so to speak so there's like more details that need to follow it's a developing story but that is out there and that just caught my eye because it's GTA 17 6, years old. Know. Wow, people are good at this stuff. Yeah, when I was 17 years old, I was going to and from soccer practice after school responsibly and calling my parents when I got home to make sure that they knew that I yeah. was home safe. That was that's yep. what I was doing. Yeah. Not hacking, which is I guess he he wins in Not hacking the, multi-billion dollar corporations. Man, the kid it's just too bad he's wasting his life probably on parole and doing this kind of stuff. He's probably a really smart kid. He is. He is probably. Uh, and uh, I think there was something about him having a connection to some type of group, like a hacking group as well. I'm forgetting the name, but okay. interesting, interesting bit of news. Um, according to a leaker named Adrian Pereira or Peria, who is the same person who predicted that Hogwarts was going to be pushed back. He released on Twitter just a statement saying that GTA is is going to be set for 2025. So something to keep out uh, look for. I don't expect any of us to really remember it in a couple of years, but it's the same guy that said Hogwarts would be pushed back, even though a lot of us were probably guessing that Hogwarts was going to be pushed back anyway, just just to make sure that it was good. Yeah. Um, also, Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, there is a statement released that they are double downing on the DualSense controller. Apparently, for all of us like you and I who are excited to see another installment on how rats can shape the fate of two uh, two children trying to just find a way to survive, there's going to be a lot of movement and a lot of uh, focus on the DualSense controller with the new gameplay, mm, which I think cool. will be nice. because I mean, when you're thinking rats, you know and such like that and what when you're thinking what games have been able to accomplish with that playstation 5 controller and making you feel immersed and using touch to also bring you into their world it's uh it's it's, it's exciting my problem is that i'm still probably going to play it free on game pass so i won't yeah, be same able to here. Same here. see but for those of you who are not who do not have an Xbox at home and who are watching, apparently they're really going in on the feedback, the haptic feedback there. Um, and then the last thing that I have to mention is uh, Microsoft CEO uh, Satya Nadala mentioned in an interview that they were confident in the Blizzard deal going on right now. The thing that made me mention this part, however, is that they admitted that Microsoft, they do not consider Microsoft to be the biggest player in gaming. They actually consider Microsoft to be the fourth or fifth player in gaming. Now that struck me because like they said later in the interview, how, so this, this, this blizzard deal is going to bring competition. And I didn't think 
as as humble as we consider Microsoft versus PlayStation, I would think that's a fair statement. I wouldn't consider Microsoft humble, but if we're talking about those two, I would consider Microsoft humble to PlayStation. Yeah. It was kind of interesting to see how this the Microsoft CEO like does not even consider them to be number two, even like four or five. Like obviously you have Nintendo to to compete with and i'm assuming steam would be the other one that they're saying they're stating it kind of like, depends uh, on it kind of depends on what he was like leaning toward because you have sony and nintendo who've been doing and making games for a long time and then you've got companies like sega and capcom so i don't know if yeah. he's considering like while they don't make systems they make games so i wonder if that's where they are in kind of the gaming market and what he means is that you know there are you know, there are other companies that make games, Take-Two, Interactive, EA, like yeah. they all make games. So I imagine he's grouping that in there as well, because if he considers himself in fifth place, you know, you're looking at Nintendo, Sony, probably Take-Two, Interactive, and probably EA and probably the EA side of things. That's probably okay. the four, and then he's probably saying Microsoft would be fifth, which, to be fair, makes sense. You know, you haven't really, and Xbox owners really haven't had an exclusive to hang their hat on. In a, in a long time. Halo yeah. Infinite, I loved. I loved Halo Infinite. Don't get me wrong. But that game kind of came out incomplete to where you can't play Forge. You still can't play co-op. Multiplayer, like, I don't get into the multiplayer. I get people that do. That multiplayer isn't for me. And then the story mm -hmm. mode was pretty good. Like, I'll give it that. Like, story mode was, was a decent amount of fun in Infinite. But then if you look at any other Xbox, you know, kind of released games, what... What has there been in recent memory? I can't really even think of anything, to be completely no. honest. They basically ride the gear series, but how long has it been since since then? And you know, if you didn't mention Halo, I would have continued forgetting that that <laughs> game came out. Like yeah. it, it was a good early year game, and it got the hype that it it got. I was done with it in two. I was done with the multiplayer in two to three weeks. So, you know, put in that perspective or in that, that, that lens, it makes a lot more sense. Like that, that, that statement makes a lot more sense, but, um, I am interested to see as we all are, how, how this deal, like how the landscape starts to change. Um, and obviously time will tell with that one last small one and this we're not a political show, but it's Stalker 2 is, there's a rumor that it's not going to be released before 2024, 2025, obviously because of the Ukraine, um, the turmoil going on in the Ukraine, which obviously our hearts go out to uh, Ukrainians and such like that. But I had to mention it because I know that we mentioned Stalker 2 on the show because of where the release date was supposed to be. And yeah. then how we really weren't expecting all the craziness that's going on and and what it would do but the reason why i'm kind of bringing it up it, it up is like this is a realistic pushback it's not a we're not sure the game's good or so on and so forth it's literally they're trying to create a game amidst a war and the majority of the developers if not i believe all the developers are in that area so stalker 2 if you were thinking about playing it or hoping that it would have a 2023 release there is a rumor that it is even it's getting pushed back even more 
to 2024 or 2025 and that's really all i have with news yeah that's really quite disheartening it's kind of and it's it affects them more because like it it's the it affects them more considering like advance wars reboot camp one and two the remasters of of advance wars has also been pushed back and like even it we thought we'd hear something in the last nintendo direct but we didn't so really this like both of these games unfortunately will probably end up being lost to time um yeah like people who were excited about this you now have heard nothing about either of mm. these games and good pick up on that because i haven't heard anything about stalker 2 and that's one of the xbox exclusives that i was like you know what that looks like a fun game that reminds me of metro and i like metro i know so, it looked like it looked like it literally looked like metro exodus or any of the metros that any of us have enjoyed you know yeah. so so it's just like but, it just kind of sucks but you know that's what it's what we deal with uh it is but uh, speaking speaking the next thing into existence here, let's talk about games this week. So for me, it probably will be more of a retrospective as I was supposed to play Dio Field Chronicle. Um, mm. So so here's a little bit of a thing. I have now, I, I've tried the old buy the game online and try to get it shipped to me day of release. I have now come up like, this is three strikes now that... Yeah. A certain company I have bought from will literally tell me day of, hey, we're not sending it. Um, you got to wait and we'll we'll tell you, which kind of really sucks, uh, yeah. especially when like you do a gaming podcast. Not that they care. Yes. But well, uh, for someone who, wa- someone who wants to like get out and like tell people how good or bad a game is. Uh, I was excited for Dio Field Chronicle, but I'm currently waiting on it because it still hasn't been shipped to me. So part of me is thinking about canceling it. And if I can get my physical hands on, like the, I want the physical copy. I'm a physical gamer. I like having the disc call me old fashioned. I don't care. Uh, I like that too. I I want it, but, and I still can't get it. So I have no idea what I'm going to do. And my apologies. I think I might just go back to pre-ordering it the old way for me. Um, Yeah. Pre-ordering online and getting it shipped to my house does not seem to be working by any means for me especially when i want the games on release date and they tell me i'm gonna get it on release date and i don't so are you going back to a uh to an online at your local retailer store pickup kind of thing or most likely gonna... if i can like like here's yeah. the thing though and like uh albeit gamestop treats their employees horribly the practices bad uh have Practices bad, um, probably business practices is what I'll call it. Um, yes. But GameStop, I've, I've in my entire lifetime of pre-ordering, only recently when I pre-ordered Temtem, they did not get it on time. But they, they were like the people that I talked to were very kind over at my local GameStop. Told me that hey, we'll keep you updated. They've kept me updated, and they got oh, my, good. they got me my copy and everything fine here. The other company that I have uh, I have pre-ordered from told me day of, and I've just been kind of sitting in limbo, kind of wondering just where. Just waiting. It, yeah, the Deal Field Chronicle was supposed to come out on Thursday, so business days-wise, Friday, kind of haven't heard anything. Uh, but then Saturday, Sunday, probably all the people who care about trying to help people are off uh, in the corporate world. So that's why yeah. it's kind of like, eh, I kind of have mixed feelings about that because the weekend is when people can try to handle these things, but they can't. Yeah. So, 
Uh, it sucks. It's and that's a little bit of a rant there. But in retrospect, anything else I've been playing, I've just been watching a lot of TV shows. I'm desperately trying to catch up. Here's the thing, too. Came, came. You know, yeah, yeah. I think I talked about it as well, maybe last week. I don't know why companies want to release all of their TV shows the same time as football season. I get it. I know. It's I get it's cold out, and people are staying inside. And I get and I guess that's where they're coming from. But like football dominates the weekend and football is literally on Thursdays and let's, let's group up college and NFL here. You literally have Tuesday, Wednesday. And if there's not a big college game on Friday, you have three days where you can kind of not have to worry about watching stuff. But on Saturday, mm-hmm. it's football. Sunday, football. Thursday, football. Monday, football. So it's like, uh-huh. as a sports guy, it makes it things really stressful for me. I yeah. So I haven't gotten to play a lot of video games. I get to play Splatoon when I'm bored. Because uh, Splatoon are quick three-minute matches. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I've Splatoon right now is getting is getting on my happier side just because I'm doing better. So, but that comes with, you know, playing games, you know, you start bad yeah. out, you start bad and you get better. Uh, Splatoon three is yeah. a lot of fun still, uh, for sure. And I'm playing in better games. So now it's fun. Okay. Um, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with the, um, with football specifically because my day consisted and this kind of goes into the games I've been playing, but, my day today consisted of me playing Soul Hackers 2, but grinding to level up on Soul Hackers 2 while watching NFL games because that's the pleasure. <laughs> like, I, like I was thinking, and like I don't know, this might be a funny thought process that you might uh, like <laughs> relate to. I was thinking, I was like on Sundays because I have the pleasure of having Sunday off, like uh, which is insane. I want to focus on rpgs on sunday because i know that i can watch something in the background while playing battles and doing battles in rpgs because i found the perfect balance between keeping the game on and also just running through a level and just grinding up because i'm 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 literally almost right before the final boss and you guys yeah. made me think that you guys made me think about it. I didn't finish it, and I had some substantial time away it away from it. So when I got back to it this weekend, it felt really good to get back. Um, it actually yeah, felt you like need a to new beat cut. it. You need to beat it. Exactly. So I'm like right outside the final boss, just kind of working my way back, and I found the perfect American dream for a gamer who also likes sports. It was just like my iPad right within visual and then i had i was playing soul hackers too but i wasn't playing a substantial part i was just leveling up and it was yeah like yeah like that's what i find with like splatoon is like splatoons are quick three minute games and Mm -hmm. i can look up and not miss anything because i'm not playing story mode but i can't imagine like for soul hackers you're in a 15 minute cutscene. there's a big play that's happening you watch that you look up and you're like where am i it's, you know, exactly. it's kind of like the thing. It's kind of like the thing with me in anime is because I like subtitled anime or I just I just watch it. I shouldn't say I like it better than over than dub, but I watch sub more than dub is like, yeah, because I watch in sub, I need to be watching the entire time because I don't understand yeah. look at what they're saying. 
And yeah. it even said the same thing goes for dub as well, to be completely honest, where if if I'm playing uh, if I'm playing, for example, Splatoon and something is going on in the TV show, if something important's going on during those three minutes, I'm fully invested in my Splatoon game. Like I'm not paying attention. I'll look up mm-hmm. and kind of wonder what the heck I'm watching, because in a TV show, the action doesn't stop. Wherein, at least with sports, you have commercials in between, every, you know, in between almost what feels like every other play. But yeah, you're right. Regardless, um, I completely feel that I can, I'm completely with you on your side. Yeah, it's like such a great first world problem slash first world solution to have, which is like having your best of both worlds. Um, that was a interesting segue into one of the games that I've been playing this week because I only have two and that was one of them. The other game that I played this week was Valkyrie Elysium. Yeah, I played that. I played the demo. Yes, the demo. So, like, this is a very Barry. When I was writing down my notes, I was like, this is a very Barry show because I knew that you were going to like this and then even some of the news things that I was talking about. But in any case, Valkyrie Elysium, what I'll start off by saying is that I played the demo and then I ordered the game. So it's coming this Thursday in the similar route to the one that annoys you. So hopefully it comes on time. I don't need this one particularly on time, so it could be late, whatever. Um, This is a Square Enix game. However, what I do like about it is that it was it was very soulsy difficult. It was difficult from the beginning of the game. And I think this is an interesting route that Square Enix is going because didn't they do that with one of the final recent Final Fantasies as well? They made it like Souls-like. Yes, yeah, Stranger of, Stranger Inn or Stranger, Stranger of Paradise. Yes, I think Stranger, it's Stranger Inn. Pa- I think it's Stranger in it's Paradise. Stranger, in, Stranger of as in Paradise something. Like well, that. isn't Stranger in Paradise also a song? I okay, my yeah, my I don't know where my my mind's all over the place now, but it's that. Yes, it's. It's 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 a uh, it's fine it's final it's bringing it up right now. It's Final Fantasy two tickets to paradise starring and, Eddie Money. You know that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking of too. I know the song I'm thinking of is two tickets to paradise, and that's not fair. I can't I can't believe that's what what I'm bringing up. Stranger <laughs> of Paradise. That is Stranger what it of. is called. Stranger of and not in. Check. Check. Apparently check, on check. sale. Oh um so i might play it if it's on sale (laughs) it's very it's it's very uh it's very dark soulsy i know that you're going to like the reference to the gods as well yeah so essentially essentially it is a ragnarok scenario and odin as a final act which i don't know how close of this is to the actual mythology but as a final act he releases one valkyrie down to basically help prevent not only the end of the world, but also the end, well, not only the end technically of Midgard, but of Asgard and Niflheim. Did I say that right? Niflheim. Niflheim. Yep. Niflheim. Sorry. Niflheim. 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 So we're basically trying to protect everybody. And so the demo takes about, depending on your play style or how much you enjoy the scenery, three and a half hours, three hours. Um, what I liked about it, um, small thing is that whatever I did do, this is what a lot of demos do now. I can transition into the game so I don't have to play it over. But it was a very 
straightforward demo. Uh, it had its 15 minutes. Here are what the controls are. Here's how to dodge. But the element that I like about the game is it takes the Square Enix magic components, your standard Blizzard, Fire, Electric, so on and so forth, and it makes... So your character as a Valkyrie has your standard light and heavy attacks. There are multiple weapons that you're able to choose from, and each enemy that you fight will have a different weakness to a different um, weapon and a different element. Mm -hmm. And while you're playing, you have the life bar on the right side, but you also have a stagger bar based off of, on the left side, based off of how much you're staggering them based off their elemental or weapon weakness. So what was interesting about the game is I found that just button mashing, just devil may crying it to some degree didn't work out. Like the game focused heavily on exploiting enemy weaknesses. It's a huge focus. There's summons and such like that. But the story, I got very interested in the story. You speak to Odin directly at the beginning. He's like right there in it. They have their own interpretation of Odin. And um, you, you go down into this first level and you're kind of running around, learning your thing uh, and fighting different enemies. Enemies gradually get harder, even in the tutorial. And then first boss was not that hard, but the level design looks great. It's going to be heavy. So if and when you do play this game, Barry, the, the, and any of you listening... It's uh, it's definitely a stray off the path. It's classic RPG. Like just yeah. it, there's there's chests everywhere. There's chests everywhere. Uh, there's a great leveling up system. It's gonna be a barrel destroying kind of environment. <laughs> so there's a lot of crates. There's a lot of barrels, and you get all of your upgrading materials from that. Fair warning, because it it is there. Um, what I do like as well as one more thing I do want to mention about it is the side quests. So in the game, there's two in the demo, there's two, you pick them up in the main level as you're doing it, but there's a very Neo system with the levels. So you got your hub area, you choose a level. There's a very small level design for that area. When you're done, you teleport back up to your hub and you do it all over again with a new level. But they do that with the side quest too. Like I picked up a side quest in the main level and then I finished, beat the boss, did that whole thing. And then when I went back and you got to your, I can teleport anywhere portion of your hub area, mm -hmm. I went back in for a very small, very small uh, map for the side quest and just got it done real quick, went back home. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've always liked that Neo does that Neo's the the most recent game I can remember that does that, but I've always yeah. liked that style because the linear w the linear aspect becomes great when you do add side paths to go off and go here and do this and do that. But the open world game beco becomes less well, not open world, but less um, overwhelming when you have that break where you break, you go back, you do a level, it's condensed, it's not as huge. Yeah. And then you leave and you upgrade, you talk to the people, whatever, you go back in and then you fight for 25 to an hour, depending on the level and the cutscenes. So I guess despite my rant, the only real thing to take away from all of this is this is your classic, a demo got me to buy the game. 
like I'm getting it on hopefully Thursday. And that will be what I hopefully am I hope able to talk about. Yeah, thanks. That is uh, what I hope to be talking about next Sunday because it just it was very impressive. So. Yeah, I'm excited to play it. I didn't get to play the demo. I have it downloaded, but just been so busy watching TV shows. And with that segue, Let's TV shows it. this week. Uh, so again, for me, Cyberpunk Edge Runners is what I watched, and I also. Yeah. We can pretty much, I think, uh, we should know we should probably do that with Craig. I I think there's probably one more episode of Welcome to Wrexham, and yes. I am now, uh, I'm caught up. So there's probably one more episode. So we'll wait. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, let's do that with Craig. Yeah. Let's do it with Craig. Craig, but I'm Craig was the one that told us about that one. So yeah. yeah for exactly. Me, for me, then it was just Cyberpunk Edge Runners. All right. What about um, what about you? For- what did you watch? For me, I watched the movie, the BJ BJ Novak movie, Vengeance. Okay. I I started Dahmer with Evan Peters because I'm a huge Evan Peters, Ryan Murphy. Yeah, fan. Uh, yeah. Quick thoughts about that one. I know it's a TV show, and maybe we'll all end up watching it. Do you? What do you think about it? I I only people are telling me to watch it, but I know nothing about it. I've. It. What do you think? Here's what I'll tell you. Uh, as a person who horror is one of my favorite genres of movies and television in the last decade. Like I've just a horror fan now. Yeah. Um, and what I'll say is because of like, also my interest over the years and watching like, like famous murderers and what caused them to do what they do and such like that. It's not historically accurate, but Evan Peters plays, plays what I, have imagined Dahmer would be. He's the perfect weird guy. Um, I'm two episodes in. I've been watching it with my wife, and um, we're two episodes in, and it's all Evan. It's all Evan Peters. It's yeah. it's he. He does a great job. I think you should watch it. The only thing, the last thing I'll say about it, the, with the quick thought, is that in this particular film or in this particular TV series, he's predominantly killing ethnic people which is not his mo normally like the one niecy nash who was in reno 911 is one of the main like anti-dommers like she she's his neighbor and she thinks that he's killing people and no and the cops don't believe her so it's kind of focused on the ethnic side of if you were neighbors to a killer and the and nobody believed you because they thought your neighborhood was just trash anyway. Yeah. So hmm. take that take that when you listen to it when you when you watch it. Um, but focus on Evan Peters' performance. It goes right into him being creepy Dahmer. I think you should watch it. It's fantastic. So far cool. at least. Sorry, I just needed that little bit. But then did you watch anything else other than that? Um so since that's good, Dahmer's good. Uh I watched the movie Vengeance and the movie The Platform which is oh, uh, the, okay. uh, it, it's a horror flick. So those are the two things I've seen. The movie watcher this week for you. So what I'll yeah. do is let, let me go ahead and get into Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Yeah, uh, Cyberpunk thing, Edge Runners made by Studio Trigger, also known for animes like Kill la Kill. Very popular. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts with uh, like other directors from people that were in like uh, Corinne Lagan uh, and other very famous anime. Uh Cyberpunk Edge Runners, I do really believe is one of the reasons that this game uh has seen a comeback. Okay. Edge Runners the anime 
is fantastic. It is it 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 encapsulates the the feel of how cyberpunk the video game feels in anime form. And I think I love the characters. Martinez, the main character, he's just a really scrappy guy, you know, gets kind of the crap end of the stick in the cyberpunk world, doesn't have a lot going for him, ends up getting something that does give him a little bit of an edge. And, you know, you if you know Studio Trigger, you're going to know how this anime is going to end. It's not for me to spoil or anything like that. But okay. the art style is just so incredible. It looks amazing. It really does. And like, Craig, I know the type of TV you have. It's going to look good. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. The, the, it is so wonderfully animated. It is bright and colorful when it needs to be dark and psychedelic when it has to be. One of the composers in Silent Hill is uh, is the composer for this for this anime. So just keep that in mind. Uh, oh, I will. He de- oh, I will. He definitely like the music itself is really good, but definitely when it gets to kind of the horror pieces, which is there's just some of it, like the music like hits a certain tone that you kind of mm-hmm. know with it. So I think people should pay attention to that. But Cyberpunk 2077 is probably end up going to being and I've watched a lot of anime guys, um, probably <laughs> a top 10 in my anime uh in my in my anime list is probably a top 10 um the ending episodes are just so good the character dynamics lucy is an all-time favorite for me um okay you meet her early on you'll get to know what lucy's all about uh but it's i i am not one to spoil anything and i know you haven't watched it i know craig hasn't watched it either but cyberpunk edge runners wow um i had big expectations for it just because it's uh it's kind of a netflix sponsored anime so Mm -hmm. they definitely had the money for good animation studio trigger knows how to pull off that when it's given the money uh it's just on top of that they really hit certain tones better than they have before um they they really have this way of like being hopeful, but being very dreadful as well and making you, you know, like it's kind of this mixed bag and it is, it is a prequel to cyberpunk. You don't need to play cyberpunk whatsoever in order to understand this game. There are slight references that people will enjoy, but watching this anime with how good it was, I am absolutely going to try giving cyberpunk 2077 another shot. I did finish cyberpunk 2077. I didn't have as bad of a time with it as other people, but yeah. I just got to see what the updates are for. I got to see if it has makes the game better has made it worth it. I, it is really, I, I got to say like, it is such an awesome, awesome TV show. Uh, and I know anime isn't everybody's thing. Uh, I watched it in dub. You can watch it in dub. It's great in dub. Um, and I imagine it's also great in sub as well. Uh, okay. The music is the music and the aesthetic is also just so good. Um, I, I, I really love this anime. It's definitely a top 10 in my all time list. And that for me, that's, that's saying a lot. Uh, that is, that is saying a lot. That's uh, making me I, like want to go watch it right now. Yeah, uh, def- I def yeah, I can definitely recommend it. Like, please, please watch it. Um, let me know if you think if it makes you want to play Cyberpunk 2077. I just think 
that me personally, and I guess I'll call it here, with the popularity of cyberpunk edge runners and with certain things that happen in the show, they would be idiot like CD Projekt Red would have to be idiotic to not yeah. tie these two together. They can build off of that, yeah, definitely. Especially if it's Sorry for um, the cough. Oh no, you're good. You're good. They can definitely build off of that. And that cough is designated to your passion for this series. <laughs> no, That's what pl- that uh, please watch it. Uh, cause if, if, if they end up doing some sort of tie in with edge runners here, I'm all for it. hundred percent. I'd play it without question paid DLC. I'll pay for it. Um, because I loved those characters as much as I did. And okay. it's, and you don't have to binge it. I think I kind of watched it over two or three days, uh, just because definitely, you know, you kind of binge it, take a little break, watch one episode and then the next then the following third day, you watch the rest of it. Um, How long is it? It's 10 episodes, but they're half an okay. hour. They're half an hour pieces. It goes quick. Um, yeah. Episodes roll right into one another. That's what I kind of like. I can binge a series that's 30 minutes, 12, 10 episodes. But the moment they're hour episodes, like it is a drag to binge it. But if the series is that good, then you'll binge it. Like that's kind of how binging is. If you really like it, you'll yeah. watch it. Uh, just Edge Runners really hits every note that I feel it does. Um, has some really famous voice actors in it as well. Giancarlo Esposito is is Oh my gosh. Is Gus, Gus Spring. The, oh my god. The moment you hear as like you you know Guan es- Guan Esposito's voice. Like you hear it. I, like, oh, that's I him. I freaking love. I love exactly. him. Exactly. I yeah. love him. And to get big English voice actors in this is like what people should be doing it's what gets people to watch it anyway um mm-hmm. but yeah there's zach algalar uh, algilar who like i feel like voices every anime thing as of late he does a really good job with uh, the main character here as well uh but okay. you know studio ghibli does it as well like for um how's moving castle you had christian christian bale uh yeah. voicing one the, of the characters there yeah the get, christian bale yeah, like get get a list voice actors, you know, to to yeah. do it, and people will watch it. I think a lot of people will probably watched it just because they heard Esposito's name in it, as well. Oh, of course. So, uh, watch the series, please, please watch the series. You don't need to play Cyberpunk to watch it. Um, if it makes you feel like to feel like you need to play Cyberpunk, then you're just one of the other one million people that have probably Clearly. done so as well. So you Clearly. know if it. You know, think about it and, and just give it a shot. I know I'm going to give Cyberpunk 2077 another shot, and I think Edge Runners deserves your time as well. All right. Uh, yeah, that's I'm definitely jumping on that this week because I remember seeing it and it piquing my interest. And based off of your recommendation, oh, my gosh, how could I not? You know, um, that's definitely something I'll be watching. I'll de- I'll say, though, like Cyberpunk 2077 makes it pretty obvious, too. This is an adult an adult themed anime uh this is not have your kids around type of anime uh nudity blood gory scenes just keep that in mind for for anybody that's watching i wouldn't watch it with your kids there you go you heard it here first (laughs) um all right so i'll start with vengeance uh, Vengeance is a BJ Novak film. It was written and directed by the gentleman himself. For those of you who do not know BJ Novak, he was Ryan in The Office. 
yeah for any any office fans uh for me i personally am very excited as what this uh, at what this man has been able to do the behind the scenes but vengeance stars out oh sorry it starts out with a uh new yorker journalist named ben who's essentially i mean he's a new york journalist so he's kind of like a playboy he definitely has his share of women and he gets a call from a brother from of a woman that he hooked up with maybe a couple of times like years ago or whatever and that particular woman had died from an overdose now ben is a very new yorker new yorker like he's doesn't want to be bothered with certain things that are not necessarily his thing um, or his business because he only knew the girl for a short amount of time but somehow on the in the phone conversation he gets convinced to go to the dead girl's funeral and the kicker is that the whole family of that girl believes that ben is her boyfriend like her current boyfriend oh, so okay. so he has to go to this funeral and kind of pretend like he's the boyfriend even though he's only hooked up with her or just like you know seen her like a couple of times right so he, the kicker comes in when he gets to the funeral the brother who's hilarious by the way uh has a feeling or an inkling or some type of thing that he, that she was murdered now ben being an a journalist for the New Yorker and also a very ambitious trying to find something on his own decides that he should create a podcast where he interviews people around Texas and people who have known her family, friends, things like that to see where this rabbit hole goes. And trust me, the rabbit hole goes <laughs> recommend it. Um, Ashton Kutcher plays a movie. I do, yeah, oh, I do see that there's a there's a decent amount of good actors in here. Yeah, uh, no, most notably, I would say besides the brother, who I'm forgetting his name right now, Issa Rae is hilarious in it. I did and see Issa Ash Rae. And Ashton Kutcher plays one heck of a Texan, but born in the Northeast, uh, record producer. So now is the brother's name Ty Shaw? uh let me just the, a see. the actor is played by boyd hallbrook yes yeah yeah boyd go, Hall yeah. hallbrook yeah so he's he's hilarious and uh one thing that i enjoyed is there's a lot of texan charm in in the actual movie uh there's a horse rodeo at one point there's an in and out burger you know like there's all specific things that are very southern and they make fun of it but in a lighthearted way so a southern person specifically a texan wouldn't necessarily they would they would feel a connection to the movie as opposed to feeling made fun of uh go watch it it's great bj novak is i know we talked about jordan peele and his success as a director recently but bj novak is the other you started as this and now you're a director that I like to keep my eye on mm -hmm. because he's very intelligent. He got his way in the uh, production credits on the office and his story is actually pretty interesting, um, which I won't get into now because it's obviously a long story. It's his life, but PJ Novak vengeance, watch it. Yeah. The it other looks one, like it's on Peacock just for people who are interested. I believe yes. it's on Peacock. 
Yes, thank you for that, Barry. Yeah, that's how I was able to watch it. So yeah, it's on Peacock. Um, most of us at this point, we're, we're not a Peacock sponsored or anything, but gosh darn it, you can get a lot out of a Peacock membership, even the basic one. Yeah. Um, the other movie I watched, which is a complete 180 to Vengeance, is The Platform. The Platform is a 2019 Spanish horror film. It is okay in English dub. I watched it in Spanish dub for a bit, but I was on my phone so much trying to do things actually football related that I had to turn on the English dub so I can hear it. And um, it is essentially about a prison, 200 levels. The prison is utilized, obviously, for inmates, but also you can choose to go in the prison because it's like run by a corporation. Mm-hmm. You could choose to enter this prison for some type of gain after spending a certain amount of months there. But essentially what it is, is it's a 200 level prison with a platform in the center. So inmates, there's two inmates to a cell. The cell is completely covered up by the walls and such like that. But in the center, you have a platform that comes down delivering you food. Now, where it's a kicker, is that there is one table of food on this platform and all 200 levels have to eat from this one platform. So where it comes into the horror aspect and where I should warn you in the, I guess, eating aspect, because it's very disgusting in terms of how people eat, is that level one gets the entire table to themselves and gets to eat as much as they want. And after a certain amount of time, that platform lowers to level two and it does all that to level 200 which you can guess probably at that point that it is basically ravaged of all edible edible food Mm -hmm. so it's about a guy that agrees to go into this uh into this prison he has to do six months after his six months he obtains a degree that he was looking for like an educational degree in this universe or this movie that's something that you can do Hmm. the reason why i recommend it is the deep dive into how food basically runs the human brain and how nice, mean, uh, criminal, not criminal, whatever. When you're in that prison, you're insane, like after a couple of days. So one last thing to mention about it that puts like a an asterisk on it is that after you live one month, let's say you're on level 38, after that month ends of being on level 38, you are everybody in the prison is shifted to a random floor. So you could be on level one your first month, like let's say you're serving a six year or a six month term. You could be on the first floor for your first month. You could be on level 198 your second month. You could be on 63 the third month. You could be on 35. It's weird. And yeah. the main character starts out on level like 40 or 50 with a, with an inmate who has been through it already. So he kind of guides him and such like that. It's very interesting to watch because it just shows how far humans are willing to go, especially when you're at the top sometimes and then you're at the bottom other times because they don't talk to each other from floor to floor and it's every person for themselves. So if you're on floor 13, you're good. But if the next month you're on floor 198, you're or 194 or whatever, you're uh, you're starving literally every day. Mm-hmm. So big, big warning, though, to anybody who is sensitive, there is very 
disgusting eating going on because you got to understand when that table comes down to certain floors people are eating like weirdly like 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 the worst if you ever been to a mcdonald's and seen somebody who actually was hungry at mcdonald's it's like 10 times worse than that 100 times worse than that the other thing that i will mention is there are cannibalistic things though you could probably already guess that with starving people in a jail and food not getting to certain people so it's called the platform it's great Ending's a little weird, but if you want something that'll uh, shock you, yeah, that'll shock you, I would watch it. That's my recommendation. Yeah, uh, looks like it, it got some nominations for like special effects, best visual effects as well. Uh, mm. Even like when you go on Google, the first couple things um, in here are like... What's the ending of the platform? Ending of platform explained. So, like, just think about that when you, if you're probably looking for something that's a little bit thought provoking, that could be it. Yeah, that could be it. It was good. I enjoyed it. Rotten Tomatoes. I think it was like an hour and a half, hour and forty. So a standard horror flick amount. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not like jump scare scary. Um, we're getting it's into gory. October. It's just gory. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the podcast this week. I thank you guys for listening. And if you enjoyed it, please make sure to review it on your podcast listening platform of choice and share it with your friends. Share it on social media. We'd appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate if you subscribe, like it, share it as well. If you're interested in interacting with any of us at all, we have a Twitter, a Facebook and Instagram. We also have Twitch. Again, my bad guys, just busy season going to be kind of hard to stream for me. So yeah. Just uh, or send us an email at high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in asking us any questions or anything like that, I think I got everything. Hopefully next week I'll have Dio field Chronicle. We'll see whether or not my conquest for this game ever ends. Uh, we'll see what happens. And that's if, even if I get Val Valkyrie Elysium on time, because that comes out this week as well. Yes. Yeah. The 28th. So with that, hope, hope you guys have fun till next week and look forward to seeing us next week again. See you guys later. Later, guys.